scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. I gave you back hour two. Let's roll. Level two begins now. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morency. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Buster, and everybody else in between. Throwing it down the Wicked Wednesday continues. The NBA draft steps up and in uh, this evening. And uh, Anthony Edwards goes first uh, overall. Some wild, wild line swings throughout the week. If you remember on Sunday, big man on campus uh, joined us. And uh, Anthony Edwards uh, was slated to go second overall. LaMelo Ball was minus 210. Anthony Edwards ends up closing at like a minus uh, 310 favorite to go first overall. We cash the ticket with Ball over plus 135 if you're keeping up uh, with us. NBA prop line movement was crazy, man, over the last uh, 72 hours. But when it's all uh, said and done, Anthony Edwards does go first overall to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, meanwhile, uh, LaMelo Ball uh, goes. Michael Jordan pulls the trigger on LaMelo Ball. The Charlotte Hornets potentially have a big-time superstar. Um, if you look at the the NBA draft of this evening, it wasn't top-heavy uh, tonight, uh, but it was considered an extremely uh, deep uh, draft. Uh, the Golden State Warriors weren't in love uh, with having the second overall pick. I think they wanted to trade it, but nobody was trading up. They end up getting James Wiseman. That's the good news. Uh, the bad news, hey, listen, James Wiseman was a good basketball player. Uh, he's raw, but he's a good basketball player. The bad news is Clay Thompson tore his Achilles somehow. And it's amazing if you look back to the finals in which he got hurt against the Raptors. And then last year, and now once again, this year coming into the season, uh, Clay Thompson is down with a torn Achilles, and the Golden State Warriors suddenly can't uh, buy a break. I don't know, man. Maybe it's because they moved to San Francisco. You probably should have stayed in Oakland. You notice? Ever since like they decided to leave, like bad things are just happening to them. Uh, so LaMelo Ball goes third overall. Patrick Williams goes fourth. Okora goes up fifth. We'll break it down. We'll talk some NBA. Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors. I thought that uh, Cassius Winston could be in the mix for the Toronto Raptors tonight. They go the same route, but they go with Malachi Flynn. And, uh, you know, the Toronto Raptors have had success with players from San Diego State before, haven't they? Uh, you have to wonder what the future for Fred Van Fleet holds as well. New York Knicks take, oh, take Obi Toppin. Knicks still need a guard. Are they going to address this in free agency? A lot of stuff to hit. But let's uh, let's get back on the grid with the banner. We're talking football. Four, College and NFL. Three, let's do this thing. Two, this is Sports Race. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. What's the dumbest bet I ever heard of? I disagree. I disagree. Get back, buddy. Portrait's late night continues. I am Gabriel Renzi throwing it down. Ian Cameron kicking with us. Level two. NBA draft uh, went down uh, this evening. A lot of NBA news, actually. Uh, there were trades, but nothing, you know, nothing really major. Al Horford and whatever. I guess we should all just bet on the Philadelphia 76ers futures, though, right now, Babano. Because Danny Green's a member of the Philadelphia 76ers now. And um, wherever Danny Green goes, they win. <laughs> he was on San Antonio, they won. <laughs> he went yep. to Toronto, they won. 
He won to the LA Lakers. They won. Like seriously, like this guy's got this guy's got multiple rings. I think does he have three rings or four rings? I think he did. He I think he only won once though. I think he only won once with San Antonio. I could be wrong. Well, look it up though. I, I should. I, we got to find that. Is it four or three? I think he won once with San Antonio, but he won with Toronto. He won with the Lakers. He won with San Antonio as well. We'll look up whether he won one or two uh, with the Spurs. The Spurs basically won titles like every three, four years, <laughs> like in a weird cycle going where like they'd, they'd win, then it wouldn't be good, they'd win, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, wherever Danny Green goes, wild day in the NBA. NBA basketball is around the corner. Have you started uh, doing research, Babano, for college basketball yet? Because I guess you have to. It's, it's coming up. It's around the corner. Yeah, I mean, it's it's next Wednesday. It's a week from today. We're going to have 100 college basketball games on the schedule uh, next Wednesday. So this is the week 100. where I'm getting caught up. And, yeah, 100 games next Wednesday on the very first day of the season. They always have those huge, massive cards the very first day of the college basketball season and even in the middle of a pandemic it's more the same you know they're going to load up the schedule next wednesday uh they've got i think i was playing north carolina gonzaga is playing san diego there's some pretty good uh games in the first couple days of the season to look forward to and uh yeah i'm definitely reading up this week this is the week where i'm really you know finding out who you know returning starters who's in who would new coaching changes you know just the personnel turnover over. And there are some situations that I've already seen where there's a lot of teams that have really lost a ton and have, to, have had their rosters completely depleted by not only graduation loss, but by the COVID-19 situation. And if you can find those teams early in the season, there might be good bet against opportunities. I'm sorry I asked you, Babano. <laughs> in other words, no, you're not ready. <laughs> no, you didn't give us one team, this one. No, not. I'm working you up gave to us a it. Bunch yeah. Of mumble <laughs> yeah, you could have just said, no, I'm not ready yet. No, I knew you weren't ready when you said Gonzaga playing San Diego State. Like, come on, they're playing Kansas. Uh, <laughs> Gonzaga's playing Kansas. Uh, that's that's the first game up. I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you could have just said, no, nah, I'm, I'm not there yet. Babano gives us a long, a long soliloquy. I should have just stuck to the football. Blame me. Blame me. All right, so Tulsa, Tulsa and uh, Tulane, Tulsa and Tulane, um, Babano tomorrow, six and a half. That total of 53 and a half uh, should, should be a little, uh, I don't know, it does feel a little light. People talk about Tulsa's defense all the time, and Tulsa does have a punishing defense. They're, they're, hard, they're physical. You know, they, they hit you, they, they pop the ball loose and stuff. But still, you can move the ball on them. You can go up and down the field. This is college football still. And it's hard to bet unders in college football. It's not a very uh, high total here. What do you make of this game? Now Tulane find themselves. And the thing is with Tulane, though, I was going to say, now they find themselves in a favorite role. And I'll admit, I had a bad pick earlier in the year, Babato. I took South Florida. I took the over in the game, too, thank God, and I split it. But it was earlier in the year, and I was like, man, Tulane can't be late 12 and a half points. I get that they're good and they're better this year. I think it was only week two or something. I was like, they can't be laying 12 and a half on the road. They smoke South Florida on the road. So Tulane have covered as favorites as well this year. So they, they've covered as dogs. They've covered as favorites. They've they won outright as a pick them last week, essentially. So they've, they've been successful in all different neighborhoods, Babano. 
They, they have. This is going to be a little bit trickier for them, though, because for Tulane, they've got the young freshman quarterback, Michael Pratt, who's played well. Actually, he's played better each week. They put up points, but they haven't faced the quality of defense that Tulsa's going to bring uh, in this game. But the total is low, considering Tulane plays an above-average pace and tempo on offense, and Tulsa does as well. They don't play quite as fast as they did the last couple of years under Philip Montgomery. I think part of that is because their defense is better. But you're talking about a total that's now, what, in the low 50s, 50? three and a half where Tulane has scored into the thirties most weeks and Tulsa early in the season gave their offense was behind their defense, but Zach Smith and the offense is playing better. Tulane's defense has holes in it. They should be able to move the football with a great degree of success. Like I think Tulane wins the game or Tulsa rather wins the game. Just don't know if I'm comfortable laying six with them given their slow starts, but the over I think does provide value in the low fifties because there has been a shortening of these Tulsa totals because of their better defense. For years, Tulsa's been 60s, maybe even 70s at times with their totals, but oddsmakers know they have a better defense. The offense hasn't been quite as good, so now you're getting a discount in those totals, and I think this is one week where you're going to get good value and get into the high 50s. If you look, actually, with all the hype, actually, of Tulane, Tulane actually are getting carved up. They rank um, in the bottom half of college football and yards allowed. Um, you know, that, that Tulane actually, Tulane come into this football game, they, Tulane are good at uh, causing turnovers. I think it's a track meet, actually. I think there's going to be points. Uh, you know, no one really plays defense. Yeah, and, and I have to have a good reason not to bet it over when it's 53 and a half. So that's what we'll be pulling the trigger on uh, here. The NFL game is tricky. You know, it should get there. It could get there. They just played. They, they, they played 71 points and went to overtime. They played. It's a division game, though, in the NFL tomorrow. It's a short week. Both teams are pretty beat up right now. Every NFL team is beat up, but really getting beat up now that we're at the end of the year, that we're getting to this point in time. It's not an automatic it gets there tomorrow, Babano. The teaser is going to be nice. To, you know, 50, 57 and a half. You got to get to 58 points. You need a clean ride. You know, even a Buffalo game last week, you know, look, man, boom, you got a Hail Mary late and stuff, or I should say a Hail Murray uh, late. I don't know. It's not automatic, and I'm pretty much an automatic better, but I can't, I don't think it's a lock that the Arizona-Seattle game gets to 58 tomorrow. Yeah, you're going to need a good degree of efficiency. You can't have turnovers. You can't have stalled drives. You can't have missed field goals. You can't have any of that stuff. But Arizona has gone over three straight, and it's correlated with the secondary injuries. That's really when they started to mount. And then the last three games for Zona, the 71-point game against Seattle, the first meeting, which went to overtime, 65 points against Miami two weeks ago, and then, of course, 62 with Buffalo last week, although you needed the Hail Mary to get uh, from 55 to 62, and 55 wouldn't get you over this total. So I understand the concern. Uh, Seattle still, you know, they went under finally last week with the Rams, but before that they had 78 with Buffalo. They had 64 points with San Francisco, 71 with Arizona, the win before that. You know, the Rams just dragged them down. Their defense got after Russell Wilson. That kept the game under, and the Rams have now gone under six straight games. So it was a collision of an over-machine in Seattle and an under-machine with the Rams, and the under-machine won out last week. I think it can just get up and over that total. Again, I've got 31-28 in mind, and if you get that final score, it can get there. All right, so uh, college football, big game this week, Cincinnati and UCF. Uh, the Bearcats, minus four and a half. And last week, everybody was mad at the Bearcats for their late-game shenanigans in which 
uh, I don't know. They did everything basically. They were throwing passes. I think they they didn't they they pulled a fake punt off. They were up by like forty five or something. They ran a fake punt and they scored. Like they you know they don't 36. like East Carolina, but that's what you know Cincinnati and he's a disciple of Urban Meyer. Meyer did the same thing. Cincinnati though is trying to crash the playoffs, so they're out for blood. I don't really have a problem with it. It is what it is. Laying four and a half here against UCF, you know. The number was five and a half, back down to four and a half here, Babano. I haven't, I haven't heard anybody say, you know what? I'm taking the underdog. I'm taking UCF plus the points on their home field. We'll get your take on it on the other side. It's a second. Kentucky and Alabama, the number's now 29 and a half. Five, I told you guys when it was 30 four, and a half. I like, three, uh, I like Kentucky. Two, Kentucky's going to cover the number in this one, game. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. For you. I know, Marge. I'm waiting for the new XFL season. Who will win this year's million dollar game? Who? Who? Honey. The X is for extreme. There is no XFL this year. The league folded. <laughs> Who told you? Last year's MVP. He sweeps up toenails at the beauty parlor. Back, buddy. Late night anger management class continues. So, yeah, we can confirm. Uh, Danny Green, three-time NBA champion, 2014, 2019, and 2020. You know what's crazy? Danny Green, he's also an NCAA champion. <laughs> he won an NCAA championship as well, Babano, with the North Carolina Tar Heels. So, yeah, he's a force. He's won four championships, bro. He's won four championships. And this is another thing that's crazy. I did not know this about Danny Green. I knew he won a national championship with North Carolina, actually. But, um I did not know that Danny Green is the winningest player in North Carolina history. <laughs> no players won more games wow. than Danny Green is a Tar Heel. Like, like people like sort of laugh. Oh, he's a winner, but he's a winner, Babano. Like, it's not a, it's not like Danny Green. Like, it's never. It's like, oh yeah, like they wouldn't have won without Danny Green. But there, you notice there's a common pattern, guys. Why is it that every championship team wants Danny Green around? Right. It's not like he's just there as a hanger on and he's on the floor like the Lakers had him on the floor all the time. They're like, yeah, don't worry if you miss the shots. Don't worry. He's Danny Green. Right. It's just almost like he's on the court. We're going to win. It's like he's some lucky charm and he plays great defense. That's the thing. He plays good defense. Yep. He's, he's always in the right spot at the right time. He's a smart guy. And other guys that haven't won a championship in battle, trust him. Right. Like guys on the Raptors were like, all right, what do, what do we do, Danny? You know what I'm saying? And. Not yeah, even on the of, Lakers. A lot of even on the Lakers. At the end of the games, they looked at Danny Green. Danny Green was always on the court and stuff. He missed that shot. He got death threats and whatever. But hey, listen, I'm not saying Philadelphia is winning a title. I don't even know what their freaking roster is going to be like. But you know, Philadelphia can is as live as anyone else in the East in the conference. I'll tell you that much. The Eastern Conference guys, yeah, Danny is wide open. Wide open. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, there right, is not a definitive or prohibitive favorite. 
especially after the well, Danny Green couldn't shoot straight the last two postseasons, but you mentioned it. His defense was good, and a lot of players have said he's like another coach on the floor. Like he's really good in terms of communication and you know setting the defense on the floor for certain situations, especially out of timeout. So there's those intangibles that I think maybe leading to what Danny Green brings to a team. Yeah, thank you, Baban. I know, I know. That's what I just said. <laughs> it's the entire. Like, <laughs> you really are the master of following up, Baban. Like, okay, you know, all right, you kill me. Let's just say we'll stay to football. I, I wish I. I'm going to say my NBA takes for after, guys. Let's just get back to the football right now. All right, so UCF and Cincinnati, Baban. What's your opinion? Yeah, I'm not in basketball mode right now, as you can clearly tell. I, I am in Cincinnati UCF mode, uh, for sure. I'm looking forward to this game. Look, I know there's a lot of people liking Cincinnati. I'm one of them. I mean, and I know UCF has not been a home underdog very often during this you know run of excellence they've had the last several years. But UCF seems to be slowing down a little bit. Yeah, I like the fact that the Cincinnati pass rush has gotten you know an average of four sacks the last four games 12 during that span and one thing i've noticed with ucf the last few games they've played their offensive line's been allowing pressure on dylan gabriel their quarterback i'm a little bit worried about that in terms of a matchup standpoint i just think cincinnati's in one of those situations where they're just on a roll the one concern I always had about them was their offense. Could they score enough? And I've never seen Desmond Ritter play better than he has the last few games for Cincinnati, throwing the ball, running it, and they're all of a sudden piling up big points, 42, 49, 38, 55. And this is a team that won't hesitate to score an extra touchdown or two late in the game, you know, to run up the score. They know what's at stake. They know what they need to do if they want to impress the committee and get into a playoff spot. They just got to run it up on teams. And if they have that chance to do it here, they will. So for that reason, I like the over as well. And I don't usually think of Cincy as an over team. Two of their last three games have gone over the total. And I don't think they're going to completely shut down an explosive tempo offense like UCF. So I like the favorite and I like the game over 63 as well. I agree with that. A good analysis. I agree. Um, I you know I think Cincinnati is going to put up a lot of points. They're going to get into the 40s, and as you stated, remember when Cincinnati played SMU, right? They got to like 42 or was it 42 14? I think in that range, whatever. And everyone was surprised, ooh, because SMU's uh, can Cincinnati keep up with them on the road and blah 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 blah. And we saw what happened. So I think the same thing with battle. I can see Cincinnati getting into the 40s, low 40s, mid 40s. Yet Central Florida are going to score. I mean, they're, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they will put points on the board. So I'm thinking, but man, I'm thinking like 40, 44, 34, 44, 30, like four and a half almost sounds like, Oh, four and a half on the road against UCF. I don't know. But like, you're right. Like they're going to beat them, bro. Like they'll cover this number. I think they'll win by seven, 10 type thing. If not a little more 40 to 30, 40 to 30. That's a winner. But battle. that's, that's a, that's a point spread cover any over. That's a smooth over at 70 right. points. I think it gets there, and I know that UCF. There's a lot of people. There's there's a lot of people that say there's value in the UCF side at this number, and I think there is some padding towards Cincinnati, some inflation. But to me, there's not even a. It's not even close. They're not even in the same ballpark. These two teams defensively. UCF's defense has really been poor. You look at some of the better offenses they've played this year. They gave up 50 to Memphis. You know, they gave up 34. Just as a common opponent, UCF loses to Memphis 50 to 49. Cincinnati beats Memphis 49 to 10 as two teams, these two teams, that's the one common opponent they've played this year. I just think Cincinnati's better. 
and asking them to win by a touchdown isn't uh, something that's uh, unreasonable in my mind. Ian Cameron, Bob Bano kicking with us. All right, but Bano, the next game on the rotation here um, that I see in the featured games at FanDuel, because FanDuel has like featured games and then all games. So, you know, they sort of have the bigger games on one page. And then, so, anyways, I want to punch up just to confirm it, to back it up and everything. But, but Bano, so as you were talking, I just punched in Alabama schedule, right? I said Alabama sched, except I misspelt it, Babano, and it popped up. Alabama shed. So, so for the record here, <laughs> if we if we need to get a shed made, there's a lot of shed makers. What a shock, Babano! A lot of shed makers. Is Craig in Alabama. James kid in that shed? Yeah, Bama, Bama sheds and garages. Uh, that's in uh, Talladega, Alabama. Smart sheds. Oh uh, yeah, smart sheds in a smart in, in a shed district. Uh, Baldwin barns and sheds, Foley, Alabama. Five stars on Yelp here. Bama sheds and garages, four point nine smart sheds. Baldwin uh, Baldwin barns and sheds. Built right storage sheds and utility buildings. Tough shed, tough shed. I like the name. Cook portable warehouses uh, sheds. Oh man, you guys, you need a shed made, guys. In the Alabama, in the state of Alabama, there's a lot of options. So let's get to their schedule now. <laughs> Alabama. Why would they? Why would the internet not correct me, Babano? Like, who the hell's looking up for Alabama shed? You know what I mean? I'm clearly asking for Alabama shed. <laughs> I'm clearly asking for Alabama shed. Okay, so Kentucky's playing Alabama, Babano, and I know this is a great Kentucky team. I'm not a big Wilson guy to quarterback and stuff. I know he blows, uh, but they're a scrappy team. They've got a ton of heart. They're well coached. They're covering machines and. They're getting a ton of points. Now, Alabama been off, too. Alabama been off, and Alabama play Auburn uh, next week. The uh, the Iron Bowl. It's a weird season, but here it is. It's next week. You know that Saban's 0-5 last five times ATS but battle before the Iron Bowl. It's just, and another thing is. And, uh, and another I, thing, too, Gabe, is that he usually plays these cupcake FCS teams the week before the Iron Bowl call. against Auburn right, as well. Good call. Yeah, good call. Um, so, good, good, very good point, Babano. Yeah, the C. He used to play the Citadel, huh? Or Furman. <laughs> it's always like, yeah. That's, like, I yeah, think that's, those are two of the teams. I think it's been these last few years. Exactly. Yeah, of course it is. It's always the same. Citadel and Fur. Auburn will play Furman or something. So this year's different. But my point is, Babano. Another thing is too. I don't know if you have the stats in front of you, but. Nick Saban's not a good favorite when he's laying like 23 or more, 24 or more in conference play. Like he he needs an agenda to smoke you, right? And he's got Auburn coming up and Auburn's decent this year, ranked 23rd. It's not like it's a big joke to them. It's the big game, the Iron Bowl. And they get Arkansas the following week. I don't think they smoke him a battle. Like Kentucky's good enough, bro, to bleed the clock a bit and – Lose, like I said earlier in the week of battle, you know, Bama wins by 26, 24, 27, 28. <laughs> it was 30 and a half. It's down to 30 and 29 and a half. So somebody agreed to be with battle. I don't want to go much lower though, buddy. Like I'm not going lower than 28 and a half. You know what I mean? That four touchdowns plus the hook. But I think Kentucky hang in this game. When they're not hang, but I think they cover the battle. You know what I mean? Like Bama is just going to get the win and get out of there. Bama wins by 26. This game looks just like Florida-Arkansas last week to me. 
where Alabama, just like Florida last week, is in the dubious spot. They've got the big game against uh, uh, Auburn coming up in the Iron Bowl. And I think thought last week Arkansas had the team to at least stay inside a big number. And I'm leaning Kentucky here as well. Look, Kentucky hasn't lost a game by more than three touchdowns in four years. You know, that's how long it's been. Wow. They, so the, you're talking four years without losing a game by more than 21 points. And it's because they've had a good defense under Mark Stoops. They've been a run-heavy team. You know, they don't play tempo. They play extremely slow. And that allows them to hang in games and just stay inside massive point spread margins such as this one. The issue is if they second. fall behind big, are they going to be able to score enough with Terry Wilson and a mediocre offense to come from behind? And Alabama has been a covering machine every bit as much as Kentucky four stri- four covers in their last five games, but the spots tricky. Kentucky does have a good secondary and this is a much more pass heavy Alabama offense than it's been in years past. And Kentucky does have a good secondary. I'm with you. I would only look to Kentucky, but I've got some weird vibes about it, but if I'm you, I'm playing. If I'm, I'm like you. I would play only the dog. The Bando's weird vibes. All right, hang in here with Bando. We'll, uh, think of an NFL Four, game you want to share with us, three, and uh, we'll say goodbye to you on the two, other side. Let people one, know where they can find the football zero. frenzy. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet a hundred bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. Back, buddy. Late night anger management class continues. Ian Cameron kicking it with us. You can find him on Twitter at uh, Babano. Uh, always a good sport, uh, Babano. Uh, we we bust his balls, uh, but uh, great uh, great insight. As you stated, did did a great job. Uh, we hosted in-game live uh, college football edition. The four hours uh, flew by. Uh, so, Babana, we'll get you out of here in a minute. But uh, NFL football. So tomorrow, I'm torn on the total, and I'm an over better, as everyone knows. But even I'm like sort of when you just said you got weird vibes about a game. Like I'm like, yeah, like it's not an automatic. And I'm like, oh, I'm putting three hundred bucks on the over tomorrow night. I say that now. Tune in to Game Time Decisions tomorrow. We'll see. We'll end up with. <laughs> I'm going to tease it, though, Babano, definitely. Because I swear, like, I don't like the crossover teasers much. You know, I prefer, like, to tease a team from three to plus ten, right? But if Arizona wins, it'll be close. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, the plus four, actually, I don't mind having plus four with Seattle to the over. I can live with that. Seattle plus four over 50 and a half. And I, I like Seattle. I'm going to lay the three points. I like Seattle in the game. But before we get you out of here, any uh, and any anything on the NFL that you want to share with us on the way out here? Yeah, I'll throw out some uh, college and some NFL. I'll throw out a couple college for Saturday that I'll be on for sure. I'm going to continue to bet against Penn State. All right, this season is shot for them now. It's done. It's finished. 
they're 0-4. They've had one disappointing loss after another. Sean Clifford finally got benched last week, and I'll tell you what, Will Levis, the backup, played well, and, and they rallied a little bit uh, against Nebraska, but they still lost. It's a team that season's over. They're not going anywhere, and Iowa's starting to get things going here a bit. You know, they've had two impressive blowout wins in a row uh, against Michigan State and Minnesota. That offensive line and that ground game is working. Spencer Petrus, the quarterback, playing a little bit better. Uh, just playing two and a half with Iowa against what looks like a bit of a dead, downtrodden Penn State team. I don't mind that laying it with Iowa there uh, on the road. And we talked about Stanford on the show last week, Gabe, uh, on In Game Live, about how oh. they look like they're down a little bit. Uh, and another loss against Colorado last week. They're playing Washington State. I'm looking hard at Washington State in that game because I've seen now the Cougars beat Oregon State, who are supposed to be better than them, really give Oregon a hard time. It took until very late in the game for Oregon to finally put Washington State away last week. I like this freshman quarterback. Rolovich was a great hire. Even on the road He's here, got a run and shoot. The road it is on the road without... It, it, it doesn't because Stanford and I watched highlights of that game. They were hideous defensively. They were shredded by Colorado. They were shredded by Oregon. And I've really liked this kid, Delora, the quarterback in this Nick Rolovich offense to make me think that, you know, I don't trust Stanford. What I've seen out of them defensively so far, they've been porous the first two games. I think Washington state can win in Palo Alto. This does look like a Stanford team that has hit some significant decline this year. Uh, all right, so before you get another college game, if you want, or an NFL game here, I just, I see, so USC are playing Utah, and you and I were on, we did that game, we we were we, we broke it down live, and I tell you what, like, it's funny because people in LA, and shout out to everyone in LA tuning in on 1090 right now, um, people in LA, Babano, are kind of unhappy, like, hardcore Trojan fans are pissed, <laughs> because they're winning. Like, and you see, like, you, we saw how bad they were in the red zone. We see, like, their sloppy penalties. We see their sloppiness, yet they've dodged bullets, right? They're 2-0 straight up. So, hey, everything's great. They're 2-0. Clay Helton's doing a great job, yet we know he's not doing a great job. So hardcore Trojan fans are like, oh, God, this sucks. We're winning games. This means they're not going to fire him. And it's true. Well, I'll give him credit. He's won more games than, than Harbaugh has already. We'll give him credit for that. So what do you make of this now, Babano? A, re- a bigger test for them. One thing to host ASU at 9 a.m. It's another thing to go to Arizona. Now you're going to Utah on a Saturday night, Babano. What do you make of this one? And for Utah, this is going to be their first game. I haven't played yeah, yet. they haven't played. Uh, because they've had a couple... Yeah, because they've had a couple COVID-19 cancellations already. But yeah, for me, it's Utah or nothing. I just don't know what I'm going to get with them offensively. Although it may not matter because USC's defense has really had trouble against Arizona State and Arizona the first two games. But they're going back and forth. They may give Jake Bentley the Carolina transfer the start. At, but USC's going on the road here, second straight week. Just don't know how sharp Utah's going to be in their first game. But I would not be wanting to lay three on the road with USC, not after what I saw last week. So for me, it's Utah or you stay away. Yeah, I know I, the thing is, well, yeah, and I'll tell you what, USC haven't been good in these spots. When they go, like, and it's cold and it's snowy or whatever, I'm going to look up the weather here, see Salt Lake City on Saturday. But I don't know. What the hell are we going to get from Utah, Babano? Like, we don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know what yeah. I mean? They haven't played. <laughs> if they had played the week before and this number was USC minus three, I'd like Utah a whole lot more. 
But, you know, they're just not in that rhythm, and you really won't know until you see it on the field Saturday night. Because we talk, Babano, about, well, teams that haven't played have been successful against teams that have and all that, but this is different. It's like, dude, like, it's nearly December, Babano, and they haven't played. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's a different, it's like, they really haven't played in a while. Like, it's sort of like we thought That's Wisconsin. That's nearly one full calendar year since their last yeah. game, yep. Yeah, like Wisconsin, we talked about it, Babano. They played at least like three weeks ago or four weeks ago. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, they played and they didn't play for two straight weeks. Now they're back. How are they going to respond? And we talked about that last week, you and I. But this is different. Like Utah haven't played a damn game, guys. Think about that. BYU, <laughs> BYU are 8-0 and and Utah haven't played a game yet. What a weird season, dude. What a, what a, what a weird season. So uh, Saturday, though, looks like USC catches a break, actually. Uh, the weather not that bad, 47 degrees. Doesn't seem like uh, it's going to be snowing or anything like that either. So, all right, Babano, uh, what, what else are you looking at here? Yeah, I'll throw out some quick hitters with the uh, NFL. Philadelphia, plus three and a half against Cleveland. Oh, Doug Peterson angry on the radio. I like the Eagles there against Cleveland. I, the Cleveland's, you know, barely beating Houston. I know the weather was terrible, but I think the Eagles have a step-up performance in them. I know a lot of people like it. Look, Atlanta, give them credit. Raheem Morris, since he's taken over, we've seen a much better, stronger effort from Atlanta. But I still think they're betting that Atlanta side a little bit too much, even without Drew Brees. Jameis Winston, yeah, he can be interception-prone, but I don't think that's a huge drop-off. And if anything, he's, you know... He's a guy that's going to throw the football at least deep down the field and maybe do a better job of it than Breeze. So I, I think the Saints will be fine with Winston. I think the Saints will be fine with Winston. And if anything, you're getting a cheaper number now without Drew Breeze on the field. And that defense, that's two weeks in a row that defense has dominated against Tampa Bay and San Francisco. They're as healthy as they've been. Uh, I think they're going to win that game and cover as well as minus five in that one. I'm looking at the Packers as well against the Colts. I don't buy Phillip Rivers laying points uh, in that game. And I'm looking at some points to be scored in Cincy, Washington. I like the over in that game. Alex Smith's throwing the ball. And he's throwing the ball well. Joe Burrow will get back on track this week offensively against Washington's defense, which has really declined the last few weeks. Washington's given up big yardage the last couple weeks. So I think that's a high-scoring game, Bengals and the Washington football team. And the last one I'm going to go with, this is another one where I'm fading a line move here. Everybody's loving Dallas all of a sudden that has shown you absolutely nothing. You know, I understand they're off a bye week and Andy Dalton's going to be back, but Andy Dalton's gotten blown out pretty much in the two previous starts he's made this year against Arizona on that Monday night game uh, and the Washington game, uh, when he, which is the game he got hurt. That's the Andy Dalton starts, and Minnesota's hot right now. They're feeling it. They've won three in a row. They believe they can at least get back into the mix in the NFC wildcard race, and now you only can lay seven with the Vikings there. I think they're going to take Dallas to the woodshed. I'm not buying the Cowboy Kool-Aid. Ian Cameron, Football Frenzy. All right, Babano, where can people find your work? Uh, Twitter, Apple Bano, and at Pub Sports Radio. I'm doing the Ian Cameron Sports Report every day and the Football Frenzy show every Thursday, so check it out. Great stuff, uh, Babano. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, May the winners be yours. Thanks for joining us. All right, Gabe. Good as always. Take care, my friend. See ya. There's uh, Babano. Great stuff, Babano. Thank, thank you very much. Um, yeah, although, you know, I, I, I can't agree with his Cleveland pick, uh, you know, picking on Cleveland here. Like Philadelphia, like he said, he heard an angry Doug Peterson. Well, whatever. He's angry. Good for him um, that he's angry. What the hell is that going to change? 
Uh, Doug Peterson can yell all he wants and be angry all he wants. It doesn't make Carson Wentz a good quarterback. I don't like putting my money on Baker Mayfield. You know what's crazy, actually, is Cleveland. Cleveland, um, Cleveland are what? They're six and three, but they're three and six against the spread. Like, so it's, it's interesting. And Cleveland are doing well. To me, I like Cleveland a lot earlier in the year. I had my doubts. I let everyone knows I'm not a Baker Mayfield guy. And also, it's hard to take the coaching carousel seriously there all the time, right? But the coaching staff that they have in place here now is clearly a professional one. It's clearly a professional one. If you'll notice, Baker Mayfield doesn't say anything. Like, I, Baker knows if I talk, like, this guy will bench me, like, basically. Like, they, they were winning earlier in the year, and basically they were letting Baker know that you're hanging on, kid, by a thread here. You're not my guy. I don't know anything to you. The fancy doesn't know anything to, the, to Baker Mayfield, right? And Baker can kind of be the weak link there. But he can also, you know, he's not terrible, Baker Mayfield. He's not terrible, but he can be frustrating for the talent that they have. But I credit the coaching staff for figuring it out, right? Baker doesn't throw the ball that much anymore, right? They really run the ball a lot. Like they got Nick Chubb, they have Kareem Hunt. They run the ball a lot and they use him. And I don't know if Cleveland have heart. It's not an easy place to go play. And yeah, I don't care if they're covering numbers. The spread's only three. Philadelphia are gutless. Like, let's just call it out for what it is. Like this Eagle team just doesn't have any heart, man. Well, they battle, but I shouldn't say the team. That's not fair. That's not fair because the guys on the defense battle. Carson Wentz doesn't seem to care enough. I don't know. I don't want to even talk. We talk too much about the Eagles as it is, but you know, I don't. I'm not betting on this team. Like, why would any? And what spot? You know what I'm saying? And, like, Cleveland aren't getting enough love here. You're getting a six-win team against a crap-ass team from the worst division in football. And it's a field goal. I'm going to be on Cleveland. I'm I'm going to be on Cleveland. I do totally agree, though, with Babano. And think about it, guys. Like, I know that Atlanta, what is it, Atlanta now? So Atlanta's, what, 3-1 and with Morris as their coach? Atlanta has shown something. And if anything, I'm going to be honest with you. Atlanta, you're stupid. Like, I don't even know why you're winning. You're not going to the playoffs. You're not going anywhere. And so you're just screwing yourselves over. But whatever. I give credit to the team. They've got heart. They're battling and stuff. Um, but they're just screwing themselves. It's not like Atlanta's going anywhere. Atlanta are three and six team. <laughs> like, they're three and one in their last four, but they're still three and six. So you're not making the playoffs, Atlanta. You're just sort of sabotaging a draft pick right now. Uh, but Atlanta's taken on New Orleans, who are 7-2 and two, and honestly one of the best teams in football. So you have one of the best teams in football taking on the Atlanta Falcons, and the spread is 4.5. If you remember last year, guys, it was the exact same scenario with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater came in, and they were like they went 5-0 and oh against the spread. Since he was 5-0 oh straight up and 5-0 and oh, uh, uh, ATS. And... The numbers you were getting value because it was Teddy Bridgewater. They started to catch on after a few weeks. But I don't really understand this. You could argue, man, they might be real potent, man, with Jameis Winston. Like, Drew Brees is getting his job back, but Jameis Winston, this is a great audition for you. Jameis made the right call, didn't he? You know what? He had to play. He was third string. Everyone mocked him. Oh, you're only making a million dollars. Jameis Winston's holding a clipboard. 
Well, they didn't go to Taysom Hill, did they? No, they're going to James Winston. Four, and James has a, three, this is a great audition two, for James right now. One, zero. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Marenzi. Three minute morning. The play night anger management class. Three minute warning. Man, this was a quick one uh, here tonight. NBA draft, of course, uh, was this evening. And Anthony Edwards goes first overall. We did pretty well. If you tuned into our show, you actually pay attention. Um, if you pay attention and you're betting on this stuff, um, and you tailed us, you did well. A big man on campus had great analysis on Sunday. We were talking about the bad number. I told you about uh, getting in on Wiseman at minus 170. He ended up closing it, uh, well, actually it went up to 310. And then LaMelo Ball, that, so to me, I didn't we get into this too much, but I get it. But considering it's a ball and it's the Golden State Warriors, like you, you, you got to really think about these things, guys. Um. You know, Kevin Walsh came on right after us and, you know, he was talking about how on, on Instagram, LaMelo Ball posted a picture right like right at the draft, like moments before at 7.30 tonight, he posted with the number two, number two. And everybody meant, everybody thought, all the people that followed, you know, oh, Instagram and, you know, the number moved. He ended up closing at minus 170. And I said, you know, at the end of game time decisions, him on Instagram, that doesn't mean anything. Like, he's not going second overall because he says that on Instagram. He didn't even say he was going second overall. He just did a picture where he had had his finger up. (laughs) His finger's up. A peace sign. I don't know. Maybe he's going to wear number two. Who knows what the hell he was doing, right? But I'll tell you what. The Golden State Warriors weren't going to take him. And he they wouldn't have told him if they were. They don't tell these kids before. Like, they don't, you know what I mean? They don't tell them. So, like, he wouldn't have known even if he was going to the Warriors. 30 so, seconds. you know, it's just stupid. But LaMelo Ball, man, the kid's a talent. He ends up uh, he ends up in Charlotte with Jordan. And it's interesting. I think Minnesota, I think it's a good call. They go with Edwards. I think you look at Minnesota, guys, they've had problems with people wanting out of there. Minnesota's not exactly the place. And, you know, especially, you know, look what happened there recently. And plus, it's cold, it's snowy, and they don't win. It's not exactly a place everyone wants to play. Minnesota was probably thinking, you know, ball's going to be a problem. We just want out of here anyways. Two. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. 